Resolute Square. There was also maintained what was called an enemy's list, which was rather extensive and continually being updated. Democrats want Republicans dead. Where I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. So, it's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. <laughs> I'm Rick Wilson, and this is The Enemies List. Hey, joining me today on The Enemies List is my good friend Joe Walsh, former Republican congressman, man about town, truth teller, shit kicker, and good friend. Joe, welcome to The Enemies List. Hey, Rick, it's good to be with you. I'm all those things, but I'm those things because I've always just tried to copy you. (laughs) Well, Well, listen, we've got a lot to talk about right now. Obviously, this week, the first big thing that led that, that led the news was that, Georgia, that that Georgia finally made their move on Donald Trump and they indicted him um, and a whole bunch of his minions and mooks and conspirators and 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 lawyers and yeah. and fellow criminals. Um, what do you what's your take on how this has impacted two things like the big picture of American the, the big picture, of the American electorate and the Republican field for for the primary and the Republican base. So I'll, uh, Rick, and it's always so good to be with you. And I, I mean this before I answer your question. Um, uh, you are fearless and I try to be that way too. And I think everybody listening to us needs to understand how difficult the last seven to eight years have been, because though you and I come from separate worlds, we yep. literally gave up those worlds to fight a higher cause and it's been fucking difficult. And I appreciate it's hard you, to, it. It is. Thank you, Joe. Every, I everything you, you do, Rick. I, I mean it, man. Look, I'm going to die you, on this hill. I, and maybe I'm alone or maybe you're there with me. I, 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 I always thought this nomination was Trump's. Uh, no indictments, one indictment, 100 indictments doesn't matter. He's moved from That's a right. cult leader to a martyr. So I think the nomination mm-hmm. is his. And Rick. I think yep. in a general election next year with these four indictments and a couple possible trials, I think he's still really, really strong in a general election. And that scares the hell out of me. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. And, and I mean, one of the things and to what you think about this that I've been worried about is let's say in one of these trials, let's just say one of them, <laughs> the guy gets acquitted or gets a hung jury. Boom. And I think at that moment, the political chemistry in the country, I think Democrats will go into the ditch. They'll freak the fuck out. They'll just be like, oh, God, we're doomed. And 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 if that breaks in one of these things breaks his way. Um, and look, folks, the documents case in Fort Pierce, Florida, that is red. That is not like that's not like Miami yep. where you might get a demographically diverse audience. You're going to get a bunch of lily white magas on that jury. They're going to sneak in there. They're going to lie about it. That worries me. Don't, don't you think that, I mean, if he gets a break in one of these trials, it's, I mean, all bets are off. All bets are off, Rick. And, and look, our, our Democratic friends love them, glad to be working with them. But I think they're asleep at the wheel here. All, you're right. This, this, this election 
is going to be on a razor's edge. Joe Biden's old, right? Uh, A lot of people don't want him running, right? Uh, Democrats have issues, right? You're, You're right, Rick. One big thing like that, an acquittal, a hung jury, all of a sudden, all of these independents, a lot of them are going to say, fuck it. I, I want my tax breaks and everything else I had five, six years ago. And this thing could turn right. immediately. That 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 to me, I, I look, I, I just you and I have both been around long enough to know that anything where, where people go, oh, we got Trump now. Yeah. Do we, though? Because it because we really often don't when we think we do and and look I I fell into that same thing back during the Russia investigation and before where I thought okay the systems of government are going to work to bring this guy to account hold him to justice and it was bullshit it was it was a it was a it was a comfortable illusion and and you and I both know after all we've been through there's no room in our politics now for illusions we've got to yeah. be real about how hard it's going to be to beat this guy and and that. Even though the Biden economic and foreign policy record is a good one, yep. he doesn't get a lot of credit. I mean, isn't that a weird? Don't you find that strange? Like, if if the Republicans were having the same record, I guess it was the media machine we used to be so comfortable with that, that would do it. But don't you think we would have been like this? Would have been like triumphed every day from the mountaintop. There's Rick. That's that's such a great fucking point. In in so many ways, this should be 1984. 2024 should be 84. Reagan. Oh. Uh, uh, right, coasting mm-hmm. to something mm-hmm. again. And even though Reagan was old, old at the time, he's not Biden old. And I think a big part, you're right, Biden has had a hell of a record, a hell of a few years, but he's incapable of energetically communicating that, forcefully communicating that. And, and that's, that's a built-in problem that's going to hurt them. I think that's right. And I, and I think there's just a sort of I mean, look, Democrats generically can't take a victory lap for their lives. Yeah. But the, the the administration seems to really have a problem telling a good story about how well they're doing. And look, I see some glimmers of it, like their social media people are getting better. But but it's still like you just want to see them go out there and, and beat their chests a little bit on this stuff because yeah, that's think- how Republicans do it. Rick, I think they're capable of it because I think the other bullshit notion is that the Democrats don't have a bench. I think that's bullshit. I think there are a lot of good Democratic governors out there, but but all of them have to kind of hold back right now because we have Joe Biden yep. in the White House and, okay, tough it up. We all have to suck it up and do whatever we can to get him reelected. But I feel like there's a Democratic bench out there just dying to get in the fray. Well, let me tell you, I'd take I'd take Gretchen Whitmer up against any one of these some bitches in the field right Bingo. now. I, I would take her up against any one of these Republican candidates, and and, and watch the party start because she is Tough. tremendously impressive. And, yeah. and look, I, I think you're right. There's, there's a broader and look, Katie Hobbs in Arizona doing a great job right now, just really killing it. Andy Bashir in Kentucky killing it. Um, in in places that are not considered necessarily, you know, blue bastions. I think they're the hero in think, Pennsylvania, think, Rick. Oh God, yeah. I'm, I'm totally I'm, my my fault on gapping on that one. Um, but as we see this, you know, uh, we see this field, you know, the 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 primary field. We got the debate next week, and and you know, I don't know if you're if you're following it. Uh, we're following the debate prep story yesterday. Just how bad. Yeah. This debate is going to be. I mean, I, I suspect that if Trump doesn't show up, well, first off, let me ask you this: 
What do you think the chances of Trump actually showing up for this debate are just because of his ego? There's no fucking way he shows. I don't uh, I don't know, man. I think it's like a 10 percent chance. He just goes <laughs> at the last minute. Fuck it and fire up the jet. We're going to Milwaukee. <laughs> but, but no, I think you're I think you're right. Generally, he has no reason to go. Right. This is like the ultimate kids table debate. He has no reason to be there. He has no reason to show up. Um, and he's not Rick. But, he's not he's not afraid of Chris Christie. Oh, he's not afraid. Of him. I mean, come on. He is a coward, no. but he's not afraid of Chris Christie. Right. He, he doesn't to- want Chris Christie to say nasty things about him on stage. But on the other hand, he doesn't look at Chris Christie as, oh, this guy's going to take me out. No. Politically. Get the hell out of here. Exactly. Uh, Chris Christie's numbers are upside down with literally every demographic group in the country. That's that's the amazing thing to me is like it's like. While I'm grateful that Chris Christie is speaking some hard truths, people fucking hate that guy. They hate him. That's I mean, what, they hate Chris Christie. That's what, uh, Rick, a lot of our Democratic friends don't understand that Christie has no constituency in the Republican None. Party. The no, his constituency is hates- bookers in the green rooms. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. So, so let me ask you this question. We're going to see this debate next week. I don't think it's going to matter a lot. I don't think it's going to make any difference. Um, you know, the, the media is going to still try to turn this, you know, horse manure into a horse race for a little while longer. But we're going to end up in in the, the spring of next year, in January of next year. We're going to have this moment where all the, the trials are running together and all of the the chaos is running together at one time with Trump's legal troubles. And he's going to start racking up these primaries. How long do you think it's going to be before people say, "Okay, he's it. It's done. I mean, I know Washington and the media do not want to admit it. When do you think the day that they're going to say, "Okay, we got to we got to face reality. He's the he's the he's the damn nominee. I actually, Rick, think maybe even before Iowa and New Hampshire, I a a guy you and I know well, like like your question a moment ago, uh, was there ever a moment kind of where you thought, uh, they're finally going to be done with Trump. Um, the only moment, Rick, where I thought the party might move on from him was right after the 22 midterms when, you know, we uh, Republicans took such a bath and then all of a sudden DeSantis' yep. numbers went up. But the more people yep, yep. obviously have gotten to know DeSantis, they know how much he sucks. So I can see a scenario, Rick, where DeSantis is out this fall. Um, I can see a scenario where almost everybody gets out before Iowa. I don't think, look, Trump's legal fight is his campaign and it only strengthens him. And he's forcing the party to get behind him and say that he's a victim of the deep state. So I just don't think I don't think there's going to be much of a campaign come Iowa and New Hampshire left. I, you know what I, you you actually Joe I'm glad you I'm glad you put it that way because I've been trying to sort of articulate it to people like this could be over before Christmas yes. in a weird way it, it, I, I I think you just you you just laid it out exactly right is that we've got a we've got a, a very narrow pathway for anybody to survive I mean financially look DeSantis is burning right now. Apparently, the super PAC and the campaign together are burning like one point seven million dollars a week. I don't know how. I don't know where somebody's getting rich off this fucking deal. It ain't, you know, it ain't Ron DeSantis, but but they're going to run out of money and they're not raising any money. Um, Christie's like got some hedge fund guys that are helping him out, but it's it's not enough. Nobody in the field has the money to actually compete. 
So I think you're right. I mean, I think that you, and some of them that are going to run for vice president may stick around a little while and kiss Trump's ass. But um, Rick, Vivek but, Ramaswamy is in second place right now. What if you're Ron DeSantis, if you're if you're Ron DeSantis and last year Donald Trump was at 50 and you were at 36 (laughs) and you raised one hundred and twenty million dollars in advance of the race and you got to wake up right now and go, I'm losing to Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm I'm behind Chris Christie and Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm in I'm in fourth place in New Hampshire I mean, the guy's got to just be like wanted to wanted hey, to cut an arm off. Let me, Rick Wilson. Let me ask you a question. I know DeSantis. Sure. I served with him, and mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. doesn't really surprise me. But even I'm a tad surprised at how bad he's been. Are, are you even just a wee little bit surprised at how bad he's been? You know, you know, when he was in Congress, I, I didn't. We weren't buddies or anything. I knew him. I met him a few times, and yeah, and. And I thought, yeah, backbencher, basic sort of guy. You know, I, I met a hundred, I met a hundred versions of this guy. Yeah, you know, from the nineteen nineties on, he was yeah. a classic Tea Party, post Tea Party guy, constitutional. Guy. Not bad, not great. I never thought he was like particularly engaging. He did have the weird, like, no eye contact, no friendships. Yeah, because yeah. I, I did ask somebody at one point, like. Does, does he have a big network in D.C.? When he was talking about running for governor the first time, and 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 my friend goes, he doesn't he doesn't talk to anybody from D.C. Yeah, I'm like interesting. Yeah, but but I am a little shocked how how off putting he's been because you know he's not stupid. Okay, he's not a stupid guy, but but the arrogance I think of inheriting the Florida political machine. Yeah made everything in his life feel easy and made him feel like like everything would always be taken care of cuz you know Florida has a republican machine that is second to none in the country yeah and and it is it, it it is designed to take a guy like Ron DeSantis and make him you know never have to worry about his about politics and and he never had to worry about politics and so now when he's actually on stage and he's actually having to deal with stuff and I think this is one thing you and I both have we've adjusted to this over the last seven years or eight years? You and I used to live in that world. We go in the Fox Green Room. We knew what we were supposed to say. Yeah, we knew what we were supposed to do on TV. We knew exactly what what talking points to use every day. We were, you know, it was worked out in advance. It was the way the machine worked. But with DeSantis, you know, in Florida, it's even worse. He doesn't talk to anybody who's not from a friendly, pre-approved. Uh, media outlet in Florida that, you know, like the Florida Patriot Eagle Forum, yeah. whatever the whatever the hell it is. Right. And most of those things, dirty little secret in Florida, they're paid for by lobbyists who want to kiss his ass. Yeah. And so yeah. so he got used to never having to answer a tough question, never having to interact with a human being, you know, being you know, swept in like a god. He flies in on a private jet. He goes in a motorcade. He gets out. He gives a speech. He gets Two questions from a friendly reporter. Uh, he gets his line of the day out. He gets yeah. back in the motorcade, gets back on the private jet, goes home, you know, and has dinner cooked for him by the by the staff at the governor's mansion. It's an easy life, right? Yeah. But you and I both know running for anything, whether it is school board, county commission, dog catcher, or president, you're going to have to go out every day. You you've experienced this any number of times. Yeah. You have to go out every day and you have to talk to real people. And He's you just, don't get to hide, right? I mean, yeah. you don't. 
Rick, he's just he's he's just really bad with people. I mean, he's bad with people. Um, it, it, but, but the Republican Party establishment put all their chips on his table a year ago. Oh yeah, sight unseen. Oh, yeah. And now that they've every seen every penny. So, to back to your point, Rick, he was going to be the alternative. He's done. There really yep. isn't another alternative to Trump. No, there. The, none of these other players in the field have even have even the fraction of of the the resources that DeSantis had behind him. And yeah. and while they're trying to like flirt with Glenn Youngkin right now, you and I yeah. both know the Republican Party is not crying out for a private equity moderate Republican governor with a sweater vest. No, nope. they don't want that. They want they want the rough stuff. They exactly. want they want the 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 chaos and the loudness and the and the and the bullshit support for rick wilson's the enemies list comes from odoo if you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to odoo odoo is the affordable all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price to learn more Visit odoo.com slash Wilson. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash Wilson. Odoo. Modern management made simple. So let's let's move on for a second to talk a little bit about um, some of your old colleagues in the house. Yeah. Um, Comer and Jordan and 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 the rest of the lunatic crew, they keep like we breathlessly saying we've got a witness. We've got these documents. We've got this and that to prove Joe Biden is. Cr- uh, you and I both know they're not going to quit doing this stuff. Um, but lay out for us how you see them behaving in the next, well, basically year and year and two months, year and three months, of of how they're going to try to weaponize the House against the president. Um, and and how long you think they can just keep dragging out this bullshit? Because this is like this makes Benghazi look like an open and shut case. Uh, Rick, they'll drag it out until what January fifth, twenty twenty five, when the Democratic Speaker Hakeem Jeffries is sworn in. Look, you and yeah. I know um, it, when the Republicans took the House, we knew what it was going to be—the two year retribution. Oh yeah, tour, the two year revenge tour. They're they're too far into it to get off of it. And it's it's uh, I mean, Rick, mm-hmm. they're talking now about moving beyond an impeachment inquiry. Let's just go right to the articles of impeachment. They're on this road. They're not going to stop. They can't stop. I know Jordan. Well, I Jordan, Jim Jordan, sure. I used to be best friends. He stopped talking to me maybe five years ago. He, he is right. with for a guy like Jordan, Rick. It's he doesn't care if Trump's a son of a bitch. He truly believes Democrats are evil. So he'll do whatever ugly, illicit thing he has to do to defeat them. But this is going to defeat them, Republicans. They're going to lose the House because of this. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, and look, it goes back, you know, to to the to the lessons of Newt Gingrich. You know, you had this sweeping victory in 94. And then the things you engage in for the next several years slowly whittle your majority down and and. And the idea of of having an effective control of the body disappeared because they chased all the rabbits of impeachment and all these crazy whitewater investigations and all that. stuff. it's like they never learn. 
It's like they, they, they never learn. Rick, you and I and a bunch of others talk about how the party has become a cult. And generally, we refer to Republican voters. I can tell you, my right. former Republican colleagues in the House are cult members. You nailed it. They mm-hmm. took the House and they decided we're not going to do the people's business. We're going to do our leader's business. Trump. We're going to do Trump's right. business. That's what they've done. Yep. It is shocking because there. Th- when I wrote when I wrote my first book, I started writing it in seventeen, and I was talking to you know then then people that were still in in, in office um, about what was changing and that and one of the mem- persons one of the guys who was a member then said to me he goes look there's 40 of these assholes maybe in the house maybe there's 40 of them and some of them are play acting and, and you know the rest of us are kind of trying to go along to get along and not get primaried now that guy was gone by 18 so he, <laughs> he you know <laughs> that last that worked out well but um you know other people i had talked to you know they were always like, you know, listen, I'm still going to I'm, I'm still going to try to quietly put the brakes on the worst yeah. stuff. But now the caucus and when people are like, oh, well, you know, Kevin only had Kevin had 20 people that were opposing him. They don't get it. The 20 people that were opposing him, that was just a show The 200 people behind Kevin who were with him from the start are 100 percent in for Trump. Yeah. Not one of them has an independent thought or action beyond what is the what does the orange god want? Not one, right? I mean, I, I can't can you think of anybody who's got like a sliver now that now that Liz and Adam are gone, like any independence at all? I can't. No, and, and Rick, I, I I hope everybody listening to us right now, I hope this maybe is the biggest takeaway. It, it's there there aren't 40 Marjorie Taylor Greens in that caucus. Uh, the number's a lot bigger than that. And basically, yep. the entire caucus is a Trump, Trumpy caucus. And, and I think the country needs to wrap their arms around this. Marjorie Taylor Greene is not fringe. She's she's right. She's Republican Party mainstream now. That's I think that's, you know, I used to I used to rattle off like a, like I would say Gates and Green and Boebert. Yeah. And now you've got to keep like grinding it out and Biggs and Gosar and and Massey. And you got to rattle, rattle, rattle. It's just it doesn't it does. The, the caucus is so homogeneous now, which I think is also like a big threat to the Republican Party. Yeah. Is, you know, you know, we used to win seats in various states because we didn't demand that every single candidate be exactly like the Washington, D.C. idea. Yeah. We, we would say, OK, well, this guy's running in. Vermont, we're going to let him have have some slack on abortion or whatever. This guy's running in Washington State. We're going to let him have some slack on climate change or whatever. But now the only test is, are you a Trumper? Are you loyal to Donald? Is that what you're going to do? And I think even with all of the um, even with all of the uh, like like gerrymandering and redistricting yep. stuff in the country, they're they're starting to write themselves out of the story of America in a lot of ways, right? Oh, Rick, completely. And again, you and I uh, began saying this before almost everybody else. This party is on this track now. It's not getting off. There, there's no. no, you and I know a lot of smart conservative thinkers and writers who keep praying every day that, you know, people will wake up, Republicans will wake up and Mitt Romney will come back and whatever. <laughs> Those, that's that's done. And I say that, Rick, as someone, right, you probably used to whack upside the head eight, nine years ago. I helped to create this 
it's metastasized now well beyond Trump. It is the party. Yep. And and that populist movement that we flirted with back then decided it was going to move in, take over and throw everybody else out of the house. And and that's, you know, and, and in the Senate, which, you know, we, Mitch McConnell, for all of his characteristics that a lot of people dislike, was the one force in D.C. that sort of was still like a, a finger in the dam keeping back. McConnell's very sick. I mean, every yeah. everybody everybody wants to look the other way and pretend it's not happening. But and I say this with no with no kind of joy. I mean, the guy is quite old and yeah. he is not doing well. And and his own people are like trying to keep it together. But it's it, it won't. It, I, I don't think that center can hold much longer. No. I mean, when he goes, the Senate's going to go the same way in terms of the Republicans, because they actually have a pretty good map this cycle, right? And they've got a pretty good, a pretty good a chance great of, map. of a great map. holding a holding and improving their numbers in the Senate. I'd be uh, I'd be really stunned, Rick, if the Republicans don't take back the Senate. I think the Democrats will take back the House in in. Yeah. That that then again, that's why the White House is so key. Yeah, but pick your poison. So. The House caucus is completely radicalized and crazy. The Senate caucus represents all the quiet, cowardly Republicans who, in the age yep. of Trump, just sort of looked the other way. Maybe he'll learn his lesson. I, 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 Rick, <laughs> I, I, I go back and forth which group angers me more. Maybe it's the cowards more than the crazies. I, you know, uh, for me, for me, the crazies are like a symptom. Yeah, but the cowards are people who know better. You know, I, I guess when it comes to the coward department, in a lot of ways, Paul Ryan is like patient zero, right? I mean, he he really thought if you just feed Trump, just keep feeding Trump a little, you know, morsels here and there, they could control him and they could they could do the right thing. And you saw it up close. I mean, you knew that those people were never in the White House were never going to accept one bite of the apple. They wanted the whole thing. I'll tell you, Rick, in this age of Trump, I don't know that there's a Republican that pisses me off more than Paul Ryan. I know him well. I served with him. When I served with him, I was the Tea Party crazy and he was the responsible conservative. <laughs> and then along comes Trump and and I'm the one who stands up. Little old crazy Tea Party Joe Walsh. I stand up and publicly call out Trump and wage war against him. Paul Ryan, who's in a much more powerful position than I was in, kept his mouth shut throughout right. these seven years when he yep. could have led on this. And then he leaves and then he goes on Fox News's board. He epitomizes Republican uh, cowardice. At, at least McConnell once in a while would just basically say, nope, I'm not going to do that, Mr. President. Yeah. But Ryan was... Uh, you know, all in all the time. But yeah, I mean, look, I, I think I think that that as we as we evaluate, you know, where the Republican base is, you and I both agree that we're going to end up with Trump as the nominee sort of short of some like weird outside miracle occurrence. And I'm wondering, it's like this is one of the things I sort of cast my mind to. I think Joe Biden has a good chance to beat him. I think Trump has a good chance to beat Joe Biden. Weirdly enough. I mean, I think both guys go into this as the strongest candidate against the other and the weakest candidate against the other. Yeah. Um, but but I, I I often wonder, like, where do you see the post-Trump 
Republican Party. I know some of our friends are always trying to like find a way to talk him into coming back home to the limited government, you know, constitutional party. But uh, does this per- does the, does the does the evolution of the party as it is right now it, uh, is it a one way street? Are we? Do you have to break the Republican Party to get back to having a conservative? Uh, to yeah, I, I I guess the question I'm asking is. Does today's Republican Party have to die to see the rebirth of a, of a center-right movement or party in the country? Yes. To answer you, Rick, yes. And I love your, I love your answer as well. I, I've been saying this now for a while. This party cannot change. It's too late. I, I'm not, I, I've gotten into arguments with many of our mutual friends. I'm not opposed sure. to populism. There's good populism and bad populism. Yeah. This 100%. is bad populism. And it's yeah. it's overtaken the party. Um, the party needs to die, uh, and something else needs to come. I, I, it's going to take a while. But even post twenty four, Rick, people you and I know well think that this could magically turn around quickly. I don't see that. I I I, I am not a guy who believes in many miracles anymore at this part of my in, in this at this era of my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> excuse me well (laughs) well joe walsh thank you my friend for coming on the enemies list today i look forward to talking to you again soon uh tell folks where they can find you on social media rick wilson uh uh x or tweet uh, twitter uh at walsh freedom my podcast is white flag with joe walsh rick thank you i'm a fan of yours brother keep trucking anytime same here my friend i'll talk to you soon today's entry on the enemies list are a bunch of anonymous assholes. Look, I get the rules of the game in the world of MAGA are that there are no civilians. Everyone's a target. Um, But the fact that Trump-related and Trump-affiliated activists posted the names, photographs, home addresses, children's information uh, about the members of the grand jury in the state of Georgia this week, um, if you think this is the way to go, if you think this is the future, If you think that kind of combat where you subject people to intimidation and violence um, just by doxing them is going to work for you in the broad big picture, you are mistaken. I very much hope the state of Georgia investigates the people that are doing this. This intimidation is beyond the pale. It is unacceptable in every level. And for all you assholes who tolerated and giggled about it and then spread it around on Twitter and social media to, to expand the impact of it, You're all on the enemies list. Thanks again for listening to the enemies list. If you have any comments, questions, or if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at the Rick Wilson. Thanks again for the wonderful support you've shown the pod. We're growing fast. It really helps if you will share this with your friends, your family, and anyone else who like us is trying to save democracy. While you're at it, if you could rate and review the podcast, I would be very much appreciative. I know this is the sort of thing you've heard a billion times. Please rate, review, like, blah, blah, blah. But you need to do it. It really does help us a lot. We are slaves to the algorithm, my friends. And if you do this, it will help get the pod out further. Anyway, thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, whatever you do, stay off the list.